welcome to Manned Up Conversations where we connect with evolving men to discuss issues around masculinity and manhood and also provide tools to help us be better for our society. Peace and love, family. Um, you know, man, over the past couple of months since I've been doing my thing with Manned Up, maybe over the past couple of years, man, because we're on the third year of Manned Up Conversations now, but um, I've been reading some really interesting books. You know, I want to get my head around what's going on with men, uh, especially the emotional world of men, because, you know, there are a lot of efforts out there to get men to speak, to seek help, and all kinds of ways. And I think I'm really proud of all the men that are doing their thing, and the ladies too, by the way. Um, But I've also done my own explorations and read some books that might not be you know, very mainstream or popular out there. But I found a book uh, and some work by a man called Tom Golden. Now, Tom Golden has been doing a lot of good work, incredible work, actually, around um, the world of men, right? He's written a book called The Way Men Heal. Um, I think his second book is called Swallowed by a Snake, The Masculine Side of Grieving. So he explores very intricate um, topics around manhood. And one of the things as well that I did um, last week in preparation for a workshop that we've got going um, on the 24th of February is, you know, I wrote about a friend of mine that I lost a couple of years ago. Uh, And because I was never really in a position to mourn my friend and grieve that whole process, because I was so young, I didn't even know about grief by then. um, I wrote that, you know, I wrote a song for him a couple of years ago. And I kept that sort of, you know, sitting somewhere. I never shared it with anyone. Um, But in reflecting about, you know, the workshop that's coming up, what we're going to be talking about, what's happening for me, I then looked into grief. Interesting enough, I got an an email or WhatsApp the other day from an American man who I've had on the podcast as well, who said that, you know, men are dealing with grief in the States. And it's a big thing because they don't know how to deal with this grief. So, you know, I thought to myself that, wow, if, if this is happening in SA and this is happening in the US, you know, then I've got reason to believe that it's happening in various other areas, maybe not globally. Uh, maybe there are societies that know how to deal with their men and help their men process their grief. But I think when it comes to uh, what I read in Tom Golden's work and what I heard from uh, my brother, David Miller, about the uh, the situation going on with men's, men's grief in the US, then, you know, we can believe that there is some kind of work that needs to be done around how we deal with grief or maybe how we deal with emotions, right? So um, when I'd be uh, referring to Tom Golden's work, uh, where Tom Golden wrote a piece um, or a part in his book where he talks about why and how men keep the emotional pain invisible. And it's very interesting, well, at least to me, but I really hope you can bear with me here. And if you find yourself, maybe you can relate to some of these things, then these are things that can help you reflect a bit differently on how you've been hiding your pain as a man. uh, And also as a woman, how you've kind of not understood your man when he's gone through things where you kind of feel like he's not being open uh, with you, right? So the four things I'm going to start with now is the first one is a man's pain is taboo in our culture. And that's a very real fact because that's, I'm sure you've seen like a couple of, I don't not memes, but kind of, what do you call these, these pranks on social media or sort of these social experiments where a man will stand with a board talking about, I need a hug or, you know, hug me or show me love, whatever the case is. And people just walk on past them, right? A majority of the people walk on past them. And there'll be that one, you know, good Samaritan who goes up to him and hugs him. But in most cases, it'll be a lady, right? 
So picture this example as well. You walk into a bar or you walk into a shop or a restaurant, whatever, and there's a man sitting there and he's boiling his eyes out. This man is crying, right? When I think about that situation myself, I've seen men cry in public. Um, most times I've said, but okay, what, what's up with this dude? <laughs> Where are his friends, right? Um, why, why isn't he in a room somewhere hiding and dealing with whatever he needs to deal with, right? Um, could be, man, that man is really drunk, you know? Jeez, like, are you that drunk, my dude, that you just, like, want to start crying everywhere, right? But it's really, um, let me walk up to the guy and go try to find out what's going on with him. Now, don't get me wrong here. These things change, right? So sometimes you might find people who are compassionate enough who go up to that man and want to know, my dude, what's going on? And and more so with the guys that, you know, the younger guys, um, guys who are doing work with men. I think I've seen a lot of change around this, but the dominant sort of um, approach to a man who's crying in public is to assume that there's something wrong with him and we don't necessarily go up to him to offer him help. Instead, we might just keep that conversation, you know, between ourselves and the people we're with or within just myself, just asking and wondering, dude, what's going on there? And secondly, if a woman had to be crying um, in a public place, in a restaurant, in most cases, we would feel sorry for that woman, right? We would feel so much compassion for that woman as far as we would actually walk up to that woman and say, hey, what's going on, man? Can I help you? Do you need help? What happened? What did he do? What did she do? Right? We want to understand what's going on there so we could maybe offer some help. And I'm not saying that we're doing this because we assholes, we don't want to help men. But in some cases, you might find that we do want to help, but we don't know how to help men because we are not used to seeing men in pain. Right? So the second part of this is now where we go into the dominance hierarchy. Right? We talk about men hide the emotional pain. Um, because of the dominance hierarchy. Now, when we talk about the dominance hierarchy, the dominance hierarchy is pretty much um, how society rewards men for certain actions, but then at the same time, it um, sort of talks down on men who don't live up to those standards. So a typical example there would be when a man is going through something, or you might hear this in, in actually in, in work environments, right, where uh, women would say, I prefer to work with men because when men have shit to deal with, they can actually put that stuff to the side and focus on what we need to do at work and get that done. And then they can deal with their stuff afterwards, right? But then... <laughs> When society then tells us that, hey, you know, when you're going through stuff, it doesn't help for you to keep soldiering on. You have to process your emotions and work through them, right? So what does that say? It says to me that, okay, so he's saying to men that man up, do the work that you need to do, you know, pull up your socks, make sure you deliver at work, make sure that you're the best salesman, make sure you're the best manager, the best CEO. But at the same time, we're saying to them that, hey, if you go in and check on your emotions and take days off for you to go, you know, deal with your wife or deal with your children or deal with the loss of a friend or whatever it is, then man, what kind of man are you? You're not very resilient. We can't use you. We can't make you our manager. We can't make you our leader. We can't look up to you as that stoic man that we need to use um, as the ideal person in our organization, right? So can you see how we sort of are awarded or rewarded and also being sort of reduced to lesser men because of this very 
uh, complicated dominance hierarchy, right? Um, the third part that I want to get to is crying and emoting in public. Now, to cry and emote in public, we've seen it. You know, soccer players will win a tournament and they'll start crying. And I guess that's okay because it's, you know, tears of joy we're celebrating. But in some instances, we're like, mm, yeah, you know, I wish he didn't cry like that, especially when it's a loss, right? But now the most prominent one, and I think for me, that's when I saw that, oh, man, this is why men don't cry. Men don't open up in public is when we saw Will Smith and what he went through with his wife. Now, when, was, when Will Smith uh, went through that whole entanglement situation with him, August Alcina and his wife, a lot of men got up in arms about that situation because most of us became relationship experts. Most of us became experts of dealing with breakup, experts of dealing with um, heavy emotions where you don't know what the hell is going on, man. You've just been hit by something that you literally cannot fathom in your own mind and you're trying to orientate yourself, but you just can't do it. And then Will Smith acted out in ways that, you know, according to that dominance hierarchy of men, we don't do that. We don't cry in public, my dude. So instead of us going there and being or seeing Will Smith as the person who actually... Uh, was the victim in this situation, we turned the tables on him, right? And we said, but you are a man, you shouldn't be doing that. How can you have a woman like this? How can you let your woman play you like this? Instead of saying that, man, this woman did you really bad, my dude. What's going on with you? How can we help you? What do you need from us? So can you see how also when you cry in public, yeah, it does evoke some kind of sympathy. It does evoke some kind of empathy for you. But at the same time, it depends on which man you're crying to. But in most cases, when a man cries in public, especially, a lot of people tend to draw away from him as opposed to turning towards him. And we saw that Will Smith. Now I want to get to the final part of this and where we talk about the protector and the provider role. Now, the protector and the provider role, I think when I, whenever I think about protection and provision, uh, we think about that in a fatherly sense, right? But if you look at most cases, it's, yeah, sure, the fathers do protect and pro provide to a certain extent, except for the fathers that were never there. But men ourselves also feel like we are protectors and providers, right? Because our ancestors were pr protectors and providers of communities, of um, societies of, you know, they were the guys at war, right? They had to protect people and they had to go hunting and bring back food for people. So that role stayed in us, right? It's ingrained in us as men, that, that script, that narrative is sitting there in us. But then what happens when the protector then needs protection? What happens when the provider needs provision, right? And in some cases, men are able to say that, hey, listen, I don't feel very safe here. I need some help. I don't feel like I got it all together, man. I can't provide, man. I need some help. There are men who can say that. But for the most part, there are men who can't seem to wrestle with this idea. And that's also because the women in your life or the people in your life also expect protection and provision from you. So now when you're not able to be that for them, then what does that make you? Does that make you less of a man? Does that make you less of a father? Does it make you an emotional, overly emotional person, overly emotional man? And you know, 
overly emotional men don't necessarily get the respect, they don't necessarily get the women, they don't necessarily get the positions in society. So can you see how these four things um, play out in our lives um, as men? And they don't only affect us, they, only, they also affect the people around us. So if you're listening to this as a lady, as a woman who's in a relationship with a guy who might, you might feel like he's not opening up um, to you, then these four things might help, you know, at least guide you into conversation with him in terms of, hey, you know, how, how do you feel, you know, about crying in public? You know, how do you feel about, you know, do you believe in this dominance hierarchy for men? Do you think that crying in public makes you weak? Do you feel like you are weak if you can't protect and provide for me? I mean, these are very, I, I, I feel like these are very deep questions, you know. Uh, you can almost say they're existential questions because sometimes it forces you also to kind of rethink your own thinking for you to be able to um, sort of deal with another person, you know. So I think I'm going to leave it there, man. So if you want to get into... Um, any of Tom Golden's work, if you want to maybe follow some of his books, you want to read the work yourself, um, go ahead and do that, man. It's on Amazon. It's available on Amazon. I'll put the link in the description of this video for you to check out, you know, have a bit of fun with it, read, um, um, just check, you know, what's what's possible for you. Because um, one of the things that I've, I've um, become a big advocate of right now is, you know, as much as there are a lot of reports, articles and things that come out in mainstream media, um, oftentimes we might have to go into those very unorthodox, um, not so popular, um, very much um, independent, independently researched um, kind of work and you know, expose ourselves to that, right? Um, wrestle with that a little bit. And then once you've gotten your own understanding, then maybe start sharing it with people so that we can have more conversations around how we can build a better emotional world and understanding of the emotional uh, world of men. So check out Tom Golden's work. He's on YouTube. He is available. I think he's on Twitter as well. But like I said, I'm going to link everything. Um, if you're looking for his book, it's called The Way Men Heal, um, the first one. And the second book is called Swallowed by a Snake, The Masculine Side of Grieving. Check out the work, man. Make sure, man, you take care of yourself. Um, take care of yourself emotionally, man. Take care of yourself physically. Take care of yourself spiritually. Get that balance. And... Whenever you feel like things are just maybe not working out for you, man, my email is right here. You can highlight me at kg at mandupconvos.com. Um, you can also send me some, you know, I'm on social media. You can send me some DMs. If you really want to get into conversation with me, you can do that. We can talk about different things. Um, if I'm not able to assist you, I've got people that I've been working with. My brother, Samu Munga, he's a talented, extremely experienced uh, man in the realm of therapy and dealing with uh, therapy from a very creative uh, perspective as well. So that could possibly give you some uh, different avenues for you to work with whatever it is that you're dealing with. Um, outside of Insamu, I've got, you know, contacts to a whole lot of other um, different um, therapists, 
um, psychologists, um, coaches, people who could really help you get to that next level or to the place that you really want to get to. And of course, we're doing this, man, to help all men um, deal with themselves in a positive way, deal with themselves in a way that um, rewards them, in a way that doesn't just make them manly men, but it also honors them as human beings. So, man, I don't want to get any more preachy with this, yo. My name is Kaukailo Habiani. This is Manned Up Conversations. It's been an awesome one. Catch you on the flip. Peace and love. So thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and share with your friends and family to help us reach our fellow brothers and be part of their evolution as men.